This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Beto Casillas. Beto is the CEO and Executive Vice President at Care Credit. How the pandemic has been reshaping care delivery and patient financial experience, how healthcare organizations work through some of these things, and a lot more. Beto, before we get started, can you take a moment to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure, Scott. Thanks for uh, having me. Um, Beto Casillas, uh, I lead uh, Care Credit, uh, who's a financing solution in the healthcare industry, providing uh, options for consumers uh, to really uh, get the care that they need when they need it uh, by being able to finance and bringing flexibility in payment options to take care of their health. In talk for a moment, Beto, Care Credit's grown tremendously. Over the last several years, it's become one of the main names in healthcare and healthcare finance, patient finance. Talk about the way that COVID-19 has highlighted areas that may have been overdue for improvements in healthcare. Yeah, Scott, uh, I mean, an area that continues to to, uh, be seen is the fact that patients continue to delay or decline their healthcare when cost is a concern. And that was before COVID, but certainly COVID uh, and the pandemic has brought it forth to light because many Americans are struggling, perhaps with a job loss, right? Uh, a disruption in, in their daily routines. Perhaps they're a, a mom or a dad that has now kids studying from home and, and uh, virtual learning from their homes, which brings a certain level of responsibility and, and time management that has not been seen before. And so, again, that brings uh, basically on, on, on many cases uh, the disruption of being able to get the care that they need when they need it. You know, if you look at um, sort of the injustice and some of the inequities that exist uh, that we got to continue to work and address, in our communities, uh, specifically communities of color that are being hit disproportionately hard. Um, and you have seen some of these stats out there where you know blacks are 3.4 times more highly um, to be affected by COVID or Latinos or indigenous uh, people. Um, and obviously changes there are, are long overdue and obviously all of us are, are doing our part in terms of being able to continue to invest Having these conversations, bringing it to light uh, is not difficult, but I think we're finding ways that we can continue to make, move forward and, and look for ways to make improvements in these areas. And take a moment, any thoughts on why you think it took a global pandemic for people to see or the industry more clearly address some of these issues you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, um, look, uh, uh, certainly we have seen it in the past. I mean, when you look at our at our business um, of lending, we were we were invented 90 years ago, close to 90 years ago, during the Great Depression, um, where people needed financing to to take care of some of their basic household needs um, in buy in buying early appliances back then. Um, you know, I've gone through what occurred in the early 2000s. Uh, obviously through the financial crisis uh, in 2008. And this just provides a, an element of uh, opportunity and also a sense of urgency in being able to create innovation and look at uh, ways that we can make a bad situation really 
into a better situation in the future. And so it provides the space and the urgency for folks that normally would not be thinking about things to begin to think about, hey, how can we get out of this in a better shape than when we came in? And, and, and take a moment on some of the examples of innovation you're seeing, collaboration you're seeing, you know, and, and what should leaders be focusing on? Yeah, Scott, I mean, I think one thing before getting to, to specifics, but one thing that I think I've seen on this one is that uh, a lot of organizations have come together, whether it's financial services, businesses, governments, uh, private businesses, really trying to accelerate uh, some of the technology out there that was perhaps in the cusp of, of uh, being accelerated, but really COVID moved forward. And so in our space, you see anything that creates a touchless environment um, has taken a, a greater emphasis and, and also has moved to a greater acceptance by our own uh, patients, our own consumers. You take telemedicine and being able to have a video conference or a phone call uh, with the provider's office in advance of your actual you know, appointment and or just to have a conversation about what the best course of action is um, was probably not as uh, prevalent as it is right now. Um, the idea of paying mobile and digitally uh, has certainly seen an increase, and, and we have seen that in the way that we have built certain tools, uh, you know, within Car Credit to really provide our, our providers a mechanism for them to accept payments without uh, touching paper and or doing it in a digital fashion uh, post-service. And so those kind of trends are going to continue to to exist. And I, and I think if you think of the pandemic, um, when I look at our business and what we were facing, say, you know, early March, right? Uh, as a leadership team, we were thinking about the challenges that we were going to experience. And then we were thinking about what is it going to be after the fact? And so what we did at Kirk Credit, and, and I think where everyone can appreciate is number, four, number one was just really ensuring the operation was stabilized. And so a major task for us was keeping our employees safe. And, you know, we had the quote unquote luxury, uh, not all companies and not all organizations and not all health systems can do this. We had a, a large contingent in the very much majority of our employees um, we started working from home late in March. And so being able to stabilize that, being able to provide service to our providers during this period was important. Developing a comprehensive plan for being able to think about how this new norm will continue to go over the next several months back in March and just inventing what that may look like. And then obviously on the digital side, uh, we, we thought that there's certain things that were going to take hold. And so digital payments increased uh, the way that folks and consumers and patients wanted to take care of things in their comfort on their own device became the primary way of them to interact uh, in many cases, not only with third party financing, but also with their own providers. And so a lot of companies just drawing on their own experience and innovation around doing all this. And if I take one more example, Scott, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of our, of our conversation around parents, 
dealing with kids at home. And he took a, a group of employees uh, at Synchrony, which is our parent company, uh, to think about creating a summer camp series um, for our kids that were at home. And it started with being able to have, uh, you know, adults, college kids teach in elementary school or, or middle school kids or high school kids, different skill set, whether it was a, a class on, on healthy behaviors, a class on proper exercise and forms that you could do, um, and certain things that we created a virtual summer camp for our own employees or the sons and daughters of our employees to participate. And it was all grassroots, innovative from our own employees. And now that transformed itself when people were going back and, and our kids were going back to school into an after-school program and having the opportunity for folks after the learning was done. It doesn't take away from the fact that a lot of folks are in front of the LCD and the, in front of the uh, computer monitors uh, more than six, eight hours a day. But it's a way for giving uh, an opportunity for parents to have an option to keep their uh, their sons and daughters engaged um, with uh, others and continuing the model of educating and innovating uh, on this type of situation. Thank you very much. And so critical to, to help keep everybody centered and moving in the right direction, some of those kinds of things. Talk about consumerism in healthcare and what can health system executives do Yes, patients have so much more focus on the consumer experience and make sure they interact with the health system how they interact with other consumer type of activities. Yeah, we, we mentioned a couple, obviously, uh, features like telehealth uh, and appointments and being able to have the communication uh, before the appointment actually happens, but post uh, setting up that appointment. Uh, I've, we have seen a lot more digital communication in preparing our patients uh, to come into the provider's offices. Um, you know, paper billing is something that via mail will continue to go away and contactless payments at the point of care is one that uh, the option is there. And I think uh, more people are beginning to feel more comfortable in being able to take care of their bill in that fashion. And so touchless is gonna be, uh, we think is gonna be more of the norm uh, and being able to provide that capability uh, to our consumers and our patients uh, and being able to do that at the comfort of their own device is going to be continue to move towards that uh, trend. Um, and it's one that we can continue to support um, by being able to be a lot more transparent around the cost and the different um, you know, options that consumers have today to facilitate getting to a yes and taking care of the health needs and a diagnose that they may have to do um, and being able to have the options to have payment options across all of that. Thank you. And, and as social distancing becomes the core and people are still trying to stay connected, talk a little bit about what kind of technology solutions you all are helping people with that are helping people stay connected and, and working on payment and billing issues and other things, even though they're not face-to-face. -face. Talk a little bit about the kinds of things you're working on. Yeah, I mean, face-to-face uh, -face will continue to be important, and, uh, but it's, it is more challenging, as, as, as you have seen, 
visiting many of the health systems and hospitals, as well as provider offices. Um, I think obviously having honest and candid conversations around medical costs and, and payment options upfront is, is one that uh, I think is important for us to continue to emphasize and use and have the opportunity to do that. I think in terms of technology, you know, it goes through the through what the patient experience really is, and and how we can really leverage um, some of the technologies that already existed out there, but perhaps uh, was not being used as much. And so, as an example, in Care Credit, we have something called Pay My Provider that has seen a tremendous increase uh, by being able to build the consumer directly via digital and have the consumer pay the out-of-pocket expense that exists for that uh, in the comfort of their own device and, and, and using care credit as an option to pay for those things uh, that come due. And being able to do it that way, using being able to use QR codes to take care of uh, learning more about options that uh, patients have to be able to pay and flexibility of payment options that exist out there is one that continues to play well. Uh, being able to have those QR codes um, custom to each provider's office so that there's data and import, important information to be obtained uh, in terms of location and connecting that to the flow of the experience to make it easier for the patient to apply for those type of opportunities is, is something that, uh, that we have seen the increasing usage by our own providers and our own network in using a QR code to direct consumers to learn more about options of payment uh, in the comfort of their own device. And, and take one moment on QR codes. Most of us that are outside of being heavy tech people didn't even know what a QR code was before the pandemic. And, and how quickly have those become so prevalent in these kinds of communications? Yeah, I mean, it's, Scott, it's, it's, uh, we've had it for, for, for a while, and, and I'm sure you, you have been familiar in other areas, um, whether it's informationally uh, looking at magazines, right? That's, that's an obvious one that people directed themselves, and they will see the little QR code and wonder what that is. Uh, as the transformation of technology inside the mobile devices changes, where most apps now are able to read QR codes through the photo mechanism of their own phone or their own um, mobile device. And, and that transformation have made it ubiquitous in terms of now people recognizing those QR codes have then lent itself to opportunities to do at the front of a provider's office or a provider desk where you can put a QR code and people recognize it and say, okay, if I'm interested in learning about payment options because I'm going to have a, a large out-of-pocket expense of $400 or more or $800. Um, let me learn a little bit about how can I find a, a flexible way to pay for that responsibility and really move forward with taking care of that uh, particular procedure that I need to do and knowing that I'm going to be able to pay for it um, as well as pay for the appropriate portion being paid by my insurance. And so seeing those uh, move into the space that we're in, moving to the experience of consumers and patients that go through, whether it's a pre-service uh, or during 
the experience that they actually have at the at the system or at the provider's office, doctor's office, and being able to see those QR codes and being able to be used in a way that allows for consumers to get uh, savvier and knowledgeable in the options that they could have. Thank you. And another question on payment. Will ultimately COVID-19 improve patient experience, obviously as we get through the pandemic, in, in helping patients to pay in more convenient in different ways? I mean, will there be improvements that last from this horrible situation that really help patients in the long run? Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, we've, we've seen it uh, where consumers were behaving in other industries a certain way and it empowered them to take uh, charge of their financial situation, whether it was doing a uh, home improvement for their home or taking care of, of certain things that they needed for their family. We've seen that transform into our area in healthcare. And certainly being able to explore options to help in the areas of financial counseling, having uh, clear payment plans, and also a story and options to take care of the out-of-pocket costs and co-pays that we know exist in our industry and in our space uh, from that standpoint. I mean, the, the, whether it was during COVID or pre-COVID, patients continue to be wary about covering the full cost of the treatment up front. And they may not realize that really there are third-party patient payment options out there that can allow them to access a line of credit dedicated to their health and wellness and make monthly payments uh, over time. And really to get the care that they need and staying within their budget is something that we have continuously hear from our consumers uh, and our patients um, that use third-party options to be able to pay for the care that they need uh, when they need it. And so that continues to play a role. Uh, obviously during COVID, it has given a certain level of uh, acknowledgement and increase um, in terms of being able to see that in themselves and being able to seek the option to uh, care for the health that they need. Thank you very, very much. And you've mentioned before, and, and many of us are aware, that so much of healthcare and so much surgery, screenings, other necessary medical care has been postponed due to difficult with payments. This has been exasperated through COVID-19. Can you talk about how COVID-19 has affected some of these issues? Yeah, Scott, we, we've spoken, uh, you know, before earlier in the year around uh, the fact that 43% of the patients say that they changed their behavior due to costs, whether they either decrease or delay their care they may not fulfill a prescription, they may not fully comply with a recommended medical treatment plan, um, or either take less than the recommended dosage on a prescription per se to kind of, unfortunately, make ends meet in that way. And look, I, I think that's one that uh, we would love to bring forth and bring forth continuously because we hear from our own um, customers at Care Credit that if it wasn't because of the option of being able to have a flexible payment plan uh, with, with the connectivity of care credit, uh, they would not have uh, been able to get the procedure that they needed and, and probably may have delayed or continually delayed the care that, that they need for that procedure. And so we've seen that in COVID 
exasperated from a standpoint that we recently just did a, a survey in the summer. You know, 28% of the survey responders are, are using telemedicine, but they're also postponing uh, some of the urgent care. 28% of the respondents don't expect to resume non-urgent for more than six months. 42% of them are waiting for a vaccine to even feel comfortable going to the doctor, um, again, to get uh, a care that they may need at this moment. And so as the pandemic continues, for us to be helpful and, and continue to bring forth options, whether it's options in seeing our patients in a safe environment, providing them a guidance as to how to do it safely at the provider's office and at our health systems, and then also providing them the option to care uh, and provide an option to pay in a flexible way. I think the more that we bring that forth and give options to those consumers, I think they will move forward in terms of visiting us and really uh, taking care of a need that they may currently have. Thank you. And many healthcare systems have gotten hurt hard by the fact that they can't do a lot of these surgeries, a lot of these screenings, a lot of these procedures that both help patients and also help pay the bills of health systems. What are some of the financial strategies healthcare leaders can use to combat some of the significant financial issues facing hospitals and health systems? Yeah, Scott, that has been a, a, a recurring issue even before the pandemic, but obviously exacerbated through the pandemic uh, as, as um, uh, patients have not visited the systems and or providers as often as they, as they would have under normal circumstances. And so uh, the fact that organizations continue to struggle to collect balances when they're due uh, and often assume either the payment risk and the collection expense is one area that um, organizations like ours can help change the way the health systems approach. Uh, not only the conversation about cost uh, and a, an opportunity to empower patients, but also an opportunity to actually build trust and stand out by meeting kind of the expectations that those patients have uh, considering their financial experience. And so the more we remind our patients that they have the power to choose, it's a great way for us to make them feel like in control. Not that they're, not that they're able to do that all the time, but really focusing on solutions rather than the problem of not being able to pay and having the option of third-party solutions out there can give our patients, our consumers, some peace of mind uh, while giving the healthcare leaders an option uh, to be able to take care of that concern and really spend um, their time to focus on providing the care uh, that the patients need rather than spending some resources perhaps on collecting bills and, and spending some uh, headcount towards that effort. Thank you, Beto. And, and, and talk for a moment about this issue. Patients have been concerned, some are still concerned to come back to hospitals because of fear of COVID-19 and whether that's going to the hospital. What can hospitals do to re-engage with patients and try and convince them that it's safe to return to the hospitals and hospitals amid the pandemic? Yeah, we, I mean, we saw that uh, with many at the beginning, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, uh, on our view, we had probably a decrease in, in our place of 70, 60, 80% uh, 
uh, down in April. And so we knew that um, not only providers were not able to see uh, patients safely, um, but also consumers felt uncomfortable uh, visiting the, uh, our provider institutions and organizations. I think that has shifted as we learn more, not only about COVID and, and what we learn about it and the symptoms and the, and the treatment and the things that could help prevent uh, the widespread of COVID. As we put new protocols in place within uh, the, the patient experience of making them feel more comfortable. I've seen some great um, ads in TV but also, um, you know, more personal uh, short videos uh, made by small uh, hospital systems as well as provider offices to show what the office did to uh, accept patients, uh, the change, change in protocol that they have. They were very safe before, they're even safer now. Um, and sort of the experience that they have, the lack of, you know, waiting rooms and, and people in the waiting rooms not being there shows a lot the lack of, you know, the disappearance of paper and magazines and, and perhaps some of the mobile devices going away and just using the convenience of, of the patient's mobile device to interact, um, make them feel a lot more comfortable to interact with them. And so all of that has evolved over the last six months and, and great innovation has occurred in terms of making our patients feel comfortable that when they need to see a doctor, when they need to see a healthcare provider to take care of something that they must take care of, um, is one that continues to evolve. And I think the job done by, by the industry, by our organizations, as well as by uh, third parties in helping our patients feel more comfortable, um, you know, visiting and interacting and engaging with healthcare providers have been uh, great over the last six months and there will be more to come. And as we transform and, and the, the news that we have gotten recently in terms of the vaccine, I think there's gonna be obviously an evolution of that, what that will happen over, the, over in 2021. And as we move forward, um, we will continue to look for ways that um, make the interaction contactless, touchless, and in the comfort of their own home or their own device. Um, but still increasing the propensity for that patient to really interact with healthcare providers. And that includes making that experience of payment uh, one that uh, remains contactless, remains uh, touchless, and has options to provide the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the patients a flexibility in payment. Thank you very much. Beto, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for all that Care Credit does. Incredible time and insight. Thank you very much. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Becker's Healthcare in, in conjunction with Care Credit. Beto, you've done a remarkable job, and we thank you for all that Care Credit does. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much, and thank you uh, for all uh, providers out there on hospital systems um, doing the work that they do day in and day out under these circumstances, and have a great uh, uh, holiday season.